I'm Natalie Jackson from Totally Runnable Limited and non-profit C-Sporty B-Sporty and welcome to C-Sporty B-Sporty the podcast. In this series we're talking all things big challenges. Why? Because this summer I took on what might well have been considered a crazy challenge to run 100 miles across Yorkshire in England. Totally Runnable and C-Sporty B-Sporty are both based in Yorkshire and working in schools across the north of England to help measure and close the gender sport gap. My running Yorkshire challenge was to raise awareness of the gender sport gap in primary schools and to raise sponsorship that will now go towards sending more of our role models posters of girls doing the sports they love to more schools. Spoiler alert, I have now completed my run. I won't be saying much more about it in today's episode. We are recording our final episode for the series and so I will talk about it then, but it is complete. Watch this space. So, my guest today is the fabulous Laura Youngson, and I'm so excited that she's here. I've been trying for ages to get her on here, but she has a busy bee with very good reason. Laura is co-founder of Ida Sports and Equal Playing Field and a world record holder, multiple world record holder, Laura, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hello. So great to be here. And thank you so much for joining us. I guess we should say that we actually go way back, do we not? I mean double digit years oh no so it's like double decade years isn't it <laughs> almost soon, bordering soon. yeah <laughs> oh scary stuff shout out at this point i suppose to the durham university women's football scene college football we played in what was probably some early days i guess for i remember it being the sport at, at durham university that you it was it the only sport that you could play for your college and the university because they were trying to build up more teams I think so. Maybe hockey. I definitely got a run out on the hockey pitch as well. Um, but I think it was such a, a beautiful thing because you had this real mixing of college athletes and university athletes and it just really encouraged people into the sport. Definitely, definitely. I definitely benefited from being able to play on a university team without a massive amount of footballing talent, let's be honest. <laughs> I think and a shout out here to probably the person that connects us, um, yes. Becky Mabry, because she definitely inspired me to play better um, or, or not play as badly, I think is perhaps the better way to put it. I think in so many ways, she's just super inspiring. She's over, over uh, across the pond working for Ted, isn't she, at the moment? And yeah. Hey, BX. (laughs) So um, today, I know before we get into our chat, there's so much I want to ask you about, um, so much to talk about, world record challenges, women's feet, um, (laughs) all of that. But we need to play our game first. We have a game. Um, It's today. It's called 11 Things Everyone Should Know About Laura Youngson. 11. 11. You don't have to come up with them yourself. I'm going to give you options. Okay, great. great. You don't, we're not, we're not going to sit here waiting for the for, for your 11 facts. I'm I'm going to I mean it's it's key things like cake or pie is going to be question number 1. So I mean it's it's, <laughs> it's key features. So are you ready? I'm just about ready. Okay, let's go. Serious business. Cake or pie? <clears throat> a pie that is a cake as well. No, I'm going to choose pie. Done. Decisive. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Warm weather or cold weather? Mm, Probably warm weather. Love Actually or Bend It Like Beckham? That's a tough call. I'm going to go Bend It Like Beckham because one of my mates has a one second cameo in it. (gasps) 
that is as good a reason as I've ever heard for Benjamin. <laughs> hot chocolate or coffee? Oh, hot chocolate. Digital watch or analog watch? I want to choose both for like every question. <laughs> um, a recent convert to the digital watch because I started running last year. Box sets or movies? Mm. Box set. Singing or dancing? Oh, dancing. dancing. Watching football or watching tennis? Oh. I think I, I mean, I, I do run a football boot company, so I probably have to say <laughs> football. I, I, can I say all sport? I just love it. You can. This is your, this is your answer. All, all sport. I love watching all sport. And last question, cardio or weights? Oof. Cardio, but I've been doing a lot of weights recently because I've got a toddler. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> Just picking them up is weights, is it not? <laughs> I am the strongest I've ever been as a result of picking up my 15 kilo kettlebell every day. Yeah, and swinging them around. <laughs> swinging them around, one-armed press-ups, you know, the usual. <laughs> It sneaks up on you. They start so tiny and then when they get bigger, you're, you're just lifting heavier weights on a daily basis. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Ah, oh, love, love that quiz. Um, so you are the founder of Ida Sports and Equal Playing Field. And I know you, I followed your journey with both over the last few years. You're fairly international. They're both fairly sort of international organisations. Tell us a bit about the, them both and the work that you do with them. Yeah, so I mean, they they both stem from kind of the same place in that I started them as a result of seeing the gender inequalities that exist in sport. So I saw the way female athletes were being treated and the way male athletes were being treated and just looking for ways to close that gap. And so equal playing fields, um, I mean, it started because I got fed up that there were more stories about horses than women in the sports pages. And, you know, that I was like, is this really the 21st century? And so that turned into this kind of, oh, we should do something. And that something became climbing Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa, playing football at the top uh, with all women and setting a, a world record for that. And so it was this incredible journey that then has turned into this bigger movement and bigger collective of people pushing challenging against some of the rigidity in the the sport world when it comes to gender so that was that was I mean that's been exciting and it's been such a a dream to to do these world records alongside all these people I now have really great friends who have come on these crazy adventures and then the for me the the business that I run has football boots for women has come out of that whole experience so it was something that I was frustrated with I had to wear kids boots all the time to play not a 12 year old boy and so you know I was looking there and looking at all these professionals it turns out they're wearing men's and kids boots too and really I started questioning well why is that and why can you get women's running shoes but you can't get women's football boots um I'm really digging deeper into that question and trying to understand how we can better serve athletes I love and I love that you're your missions are just so, they're so universal in a sense around women's sport. You know, a lot of the work that we do, I talk to people who are completely on the same page. Like, how are we in the 21st century and sports coverage in the media looks like this for women? Or, you know, how 
how are we at this stage with sports kit in so many ways, but actually in so many other ways, we're, we're so far behind actually work really logical stuff. Um, tell us about, you've mentioned the, the first world record that you, um, that you, I was going to say attempted, you didn't attempt, you smashed it. Um, and I remember that happening. I really wanted to come and it was just not the right time. And you, I timed it badly, I think, is what happened. Yeah. Um, but don't worry, there's there a mountain waiting up. for you. There'll yes. be more. There'll be more. Yes. Well, tell us about the others because you've done some more since then, haven't you? Yeah. So it turned into this bit of a habit of um, doing world records. So we, we finished the highest altitude one and then we got invited to go to Jordan and, and play the lowest altitude match at the Dead Sea. So we were like, okay sure let's let's do this and we brought together again a team and um played in very conservative areas and kind of just opening the doors to women and girls playing just playing football just being themselves and then everyone was like well, what's next and so we decided to do one at the women's world cup in france and we played the world's biggest game so a five-a-side game over four days three nights just continuous subs rolling on and off 800 people uh, just rolling on and off the pitch and that was incredible um, because we had all ages, so from like age four to 69, 72 nationalities turns up. Um, just a really cool experience. Very difficult because of the heat wave and a lot of the um, conditions, but the actual um, record for me was incredibly inspiring. And just the logistics of that. This is what I love about you and what you do. You don't look at something and go, well, that seems quite tricky. Let's not, let's not do that. You look at it and go, well, yeah, we can, of course we can. I mean, it'll take us four days and four nights and we'll need seven to do nations and like, what? <laughs> I know. I think this is perhaps where, yeah, other people are like, what are you doing? But for me, it's just really looking at that challenge and I love breaking it down and being like, okay, well, it, it appears impossible on the surface, but what are the things we can control and, and what could we get happening and how could we make this happen and, and kind of thinking of what, how you can make things possible. Um, and so, I mean, the first record took a couple of years to actually come to fruition because it, there was a couple of false starts and you needed to build this momentum. But eventually you kind of get all the pieces in place. And I've learned so much, like how to make um, fold downable goalposts that you can carry to the top of a mountain and how to keep people hydrated during a heat wave and but they can't step off the pitch because then it, it validates the world record. So... It's been this, um, I mean, a steep learning curve for me personally, but also just bringing together all these amazing skills that people have to create something wonderful. But growing all those skills as well, because they're all skills that everybody involved can use in other ways. Like you might not necessarily need to know about the foldable goal up a mountain, but actually knowing that you've had a problem like that and you found a way to solve it, I imagine just gives you this real confidence that actually you can solve most things, can't you? Pretty much everything. And it really, um, it kind of surprised me when I looked at what we'd done on the mountain as to what I could achieve. And I was like, oh, this is what I can achieve if I put my mind to it. And it really just helped me when I kicked off the company to not see the barriers and instead look for the opportunities that were there. And okay, well, we, we don't know how to do this. How can we find our way around this problem? Yeah, I I think that's just so inspiring from a, an outsider's perspective. And I think it's definitely inspired me watching you do those things from afar. Um, and, I, you know, when I set myself this run across Yorkshire Challenge, I was inspired by other women who were doing our courses with us and were, were doing more than they thought they could. It's a really seeing somebody else do more than they are sure whether they can do or not 
is a really inspiring thing because it does make you think, oh, what else can I, what else can I do here? And I think you've hit upon the key point here, which is that it's not someone else's challenge. It's your challenge. And what's, what's challenging for you won't be challenging for someone else. And it's really, I think, taking a look at what your goals are and, and what's, what will blow your own mind if you complete it. It's not necessarily, you, you might not ever be a world champion ultra runner, but running that 100 miles for you is, is the challenge that you set yourself and you are only accountable to yourself. And I think that for me is the really cool part. Like you don't have to be the best player in the world. You don't have to be the best athlete. It's what's going to challenge you to be, take yourself a little bit further. Yeah, uh, yeah, I 100% agree. And I think it all comes around. It all like seeing other people do things inspires you and then you end up inspiring other people and you hear other people talk about stuff. And yeah, that's, that's always good, doesn't that? But also I think it makes me um, like itchy for what next. And that's what I want to I wanna ask you about. How do you, how do you decide like when, you do, when you're doing these challenges? Because now obviously my challenge is done. What do I do next is where I'm at. How do you decide what you're going to do next? Oh, it's... It's so tricky because I'm definitely one of those people that I absolutely love the planning phase and I get so excited about the challenge and about what's going to happen and that uncertainty. And some people absolutely hate it, that the moment of uncertainty when you don't know whether it's going to work or not. Whereas I quite like that feeling. It's the same feeling you get just before the kickoff of a match and you're like, oh, this could go anyway. So I think for me, the the planning aspect is amazing and it's really exciting but and then you have the event and you do the thing and then you achieve it and and for me sometimes it's when you're getting these we do these big challenges it's almost like all when all the preparation is done you know you're going to succeed and so it's not even that you have to wait till you finish the record like when we got to the top of the mountain as soon as I saw that pitch and we had our team with us I was like ah we got this in the bag there was no doubt in my mind that like this group of women would play football for 90 minutes and we'd get a world record. It was like, it was going to happen. That was the easy part. So it was really then, okay, well, when that's over, then you get this, oh man, what do you do next? And you get, a, for me, I get a real adrenaline rush from the planning and, and doing these impossible things and kind of seeing how all the pieces fit together and, and can, can you get these like people inspired and, and and then and then achieve something that everyone thinks is quite impossible. So uh, I think you probably need to plan another challenge. Is what I'm saying. And that is how I feel. <laughs> to be honest, I feel like you might be able to help me with this. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk about this. Can yeah, I think there's so many. And once you open your mind to like, oh well, I could just go off and do anything, and 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 let's let's see what would really be this incredible thing. I always go by like, if you told someone about it, would they be like, whoa, what the hell have you guys done? And, and that for me is really a, a cool metric of like, oh yeah, that would be quite impressive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think people, yeah, people definitely react. And I think it's not always good to go on other people's reactions, but it's how you feel when they react, I guess. It's like a working out what, yeah, how, what makes you excited that's it it's it's okay well yeah it's it's how does that make me feel if 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 I said to someone I've just run 100 miles across Yorkshire I mean you must be incredibly proud it's such a well, such whatever a cool it is, thing though, I think it's yeah I do think that's a cool thing but I think it's the same feeling I had when you know it's the same feeling people have when they've run their first 5k like it's the, there's yeah. nothing different about it and I know people people would go oh no no it's much further well it's not it's like I mean people run for months and months people do you know 20 marathons in 20 days or whatever like 
I imagine there's an element of that that is the same feeling because once you know you can do something, actually telling other people, it's the same thing when people have run a 5K that they've never done before and it, it genuinely was something that they didn't know that they could do. It's that same, that's the same feeling. It doesn't matter how uh, far you've it, gone, it's, it's for you. Exactly. It's that, that first experience of kind of pushing yourself further than you ever thought you could go and going, oh my goodness, I've done it. And, um, and it, and I think a lot of it comes also with habit changing and lifestyle changes as well. And you, you get just, I think it's such a positive feedback loop that you get into when you're, you start setting yourself these mini challenges and then going for them and seeing where you get to. But also it does like, it's a slippery slope. Like now, now what am I going to have to do next? I started like I'd, I'd run a marathon before I'd run some marathons. Then I had to run across Yorkshire. Well, now what? it gets it gets worse <laughs> it does and uh, I feel for you because it might be a big challenge next one but it could or it could be you've taken up another sport I think that's also a fun thing is when you start from the beginning again with yeah. the sport something um, new something different yeah some complete beginner things because yeah. then your first I know short bike ride is going to feel incredible as well yes all right I'll I'll get on the drawing board but what I do want to come back to I want to circle back to that point about doing things that people think is impossible. And one of the reasons, and I know it's not the obvious reason, because obviously your world record is the obvious reason why I'd want to talk to you about big challenges. But um, one of the big things I want to talk to you about is Ida Sports and the work you're doing around creating essentially the, the world's first women's football boot. And I remember first hearing about this and I probably heard it fairly early on because of our sort of networks. And I remember thinking that is truly amazing but in all honesty, Laura, I thought, has she lost her mind? Because she's not Nike. She doesn't make football boots. What? How is this ever going to happen? Yeah. So um, when you put it like that, it does seem like a bit of a crazy idea. <laughs> Whilst on the other hand, I also knew what an amazing idea it was. And I think the fact that other people aren't doing it and might do it if you prove that it works which it was to me a no-brainer I think that is just such an exciting I remember the excitement of it and thinking oh I'm so glad she's got the energy to do that because the world <laughs> needs it and the world needs people like you so tell us about the background to that tell us what I guess for anybody listening who's thinking why do women need a football boot aren't their feet just the same as men's so that is a very good place to start so one thing that completely blew my mind when I started researching into this whole thing is that men's and women's feet are different. What? Ah. This was just like this revelation moment and it explains so many things that if I'm wearing the wrong shaped boots, then I'm getting blisters, I'm getting black toes, I'm getting pain in my feet, I'm complaining about my boots every time I wear them. And looking into the revolution that's happened in running, and there's running shoes for women, but there aren't football shoes for women. So this, this kind of... Um, realization that there was this gap in the market and that the bigger brands weren't servicing it though they were saying unisex shoes and actually unisex just doesn't mean women and so one of the things that I I mean I probably should have just started an advocacy campaign to get women's boots (laughs) why why I mean you could have just played a football match at ground level and why I could have you know a lot of yeah with hindsight but it's that experience of of realising, no, well, no, the world needs this. And if it's going to change, we're going to have to show them how it changes. And we have to show them in a commercial way that women are willing to buy or want to buy these products and 
are, are tired of being kind of overlooked in the sports market and that there is a market for it. So it was a steep learning curve, went from not knowing how to make a shoe to then um I now know quite a lot about shoes. I've become one of those people that looks at pictures of feet. Uh, it's a little gross. That is my life. But it's this beautiful um, kind of, because we didn't come from the shoe industry, we're able to rewrite the rule book on how you make shoes and what processes you use. So we're actually a very agile and nimble company because we're able to respond to feedback and, and put things into the shoes. And we, we actually doing something completely radical and crazy um, we listen to women and then we design for what they tell us. What? I know it's the future. Imagine. I know it's, it's pretty wild, but it's, we do it. And, um, turns out women don't want pink shoes in general, um, which the industry still, so yeah, they still go for, uh, they call it shrink it and pink it. Um, which is what you do. And so we just like, well, actually, what if we made a shoe that actually isn't pink, um, works for women's feet and, you know, treats them like adults. So that's kind of how Ida was born. And we've got, we went through many iterations of, I baked the first shoe in my kitchen and then went to a 3D printer and we now have suppliers and we're exporting all over the world. Um, but it's really shown that there's a market for what we're doing and that for me is the mission. Can we transform the industry so that there are women's boots everywhere? And when a girl walks into a sports store, you have, instead of just men's and kids sections, you have men's, kids, women, and you're actually represented in sport. And for the number of women and girls who play football now, it is ridiculous that they have to go in and, and not have that as an option in football boots. I think it is, that is crazy to me. It, I can't understand why the bigger companies haven't come straight on and go, oh, that, yeah, of course we need to do that. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really complex and it's kind of, there's a lot of societal issues wrapped up in it as well. But even, to, I mean, you look at the money that flows around the men's game to the women's game, you can understand why they're only playing in the men's game. But for our business, we're looking at it and going, what, there's 36 million registered female FIFA players around the world. Sure, we'll take on that market. That's great. And that's only the registered players and that's only football. Yeah. Ah, and I think the other thing that um is an interesting thing, I think, an interesting point is this point about actually it's that whole Caroline Criado Perez's book, Invisible Women. I love that book and I recommend that to so many people. We got um, so excited because she tweeted about us. We were like, And yes. she talked about you in her newsletter. Shout out for her newsletter really? actually. She talked oh. about yeah. So um, I read her newsletter and I was like, yay. Um, so if anybody doesn't, Caroline Criado Perez wrote a book called Invisible Women. It's about um, gender data gaps, where people aren't uh, gathering data that's um, about men and women, about you know gender um, data across the board. So she talks about um, all kinds of things that are not designed, that we use on a daily basis that are not designed specifically for women's bodies from PPE to seatbelts to, you know, clothing. And it is absolutely fascinating. And I think the idea that actually we aren't just smaller men is is really surprising to people because I think we're just so... It's one of these, it's like death by 10,000 pinpricks, isn't it? Actually, it never crossed my mind that I shouldn't buy men football boots from a men's section when I was playing football. Um, it just didn't cross my mind. I, I've always had big feet. So I was never one of the lucky ones that could go in the children's section and buy the cheap boots. But I saw that as like a, 
I was, I'm not one of those lucky ones that can buy the kids' boots. I just buy the regular men's boots. It never struck me. that. I, and I think there's so many ways like that. It's just eye-opening, particularly with what we do now. I remember being a child with, you know, football posters all over my walls, a big Man United fan, but it never crossed my mind that it was unfair to me somehow because they weren't women. It just never crossed my mind. But it also never crossed my mind that I could play football as a child. I, I didn't even, I didn't feel unfairly treated. I just, I just knew that it wasn't on the cards for me. Um, and actually that, there must be so many girls, women playing football, just putting up with this fact. That's I just bizarre to me. It's so true. And, and, and you put it exactly right. It, we just kind of put up with it and you don't think about it. And it's only when you start pointing it out or reading um, Caroline Carriado Perez's book and you, you start thinking, oh my goodness, it's, it's literally everywhere. It's pervasive. And you, I, I mean, I spent a couple of years thinking I was crazy for saying that unisex boots weren't suitable. And because um, you get all this marketing thrown at you saying, no, you, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And actually, no, it's not fine. And we should do something about it. And it's affecting people's performance and it's affecting people's love of the game and it's stopping people playing. And just if you take sport and as an example, if you, if you don't feel like you exist in the sport, then why do you keep playing? And how do we remove more of these barriers to encourage women and girls to keep playing sport and keep participating um, and keep staying healthy? Exactly. And highlighting the barriers in the first place, I think goes such a long way to, to removing them because actually once we do realise, actually this is something... You know, it's like the the debates we saw over the summer with um, women's sports clothing and what they're required to wear and not required to wear. And, you know, we spoke on BBC Leicester um, radio about that. You know, there was a whole debate about actually how much do we um, require sportswomen to do things that men don't do? If if sportswomen, you know, if they're, if an international handball team are saying, I'm not comfortable in the clothes that I'm wearing because it's bikini bottoms and I want to wear lycra shorts... If they're saying this, I'm not comfortable in it and it's it's hurting my performance in the sport that I am a professional sports person at, why on earth would we make them do anything else? We would never dream of that. We would never dream of saying to Tiger Woods, oh no, you can't, you, you need to wear this other thing that's just traditional that you wear. Um, even though you're saying you would improve your, your golf with, uh, with this appropriate clothing. What a I'm crazy just, situation. Yeah. I've got Tiger Woods. I'm imagining him wearing like speedos right now. So I'm like, it's bizarre, it's not though, isn't it? Like, what? it's completely. Course. And we would never. But it seems a crazy thing that we would ask like elite athletes to wear inappropriate clothing and footwear to do their sport and yep. not perform as well. It, it, once you start thinking about it, it's crazy. But actually, we accept so much just because it's what we've always known. And it's those, it's those 10,000 things that we see and that particularly for the work that we do that girls see. Girls see that. They, see, they, they walk into a sports shop. They might not overtly say it, but they know whether it, there's a section for women's football boots and they know what it means when there isn't, except this one. And you're just, yeah, you're absorbing it all the time. And I think this is why I, I think it's so important that uh, women, especially when they're creating these businesses now that are challenging a lot of these different areas I know so many great businesses that are just really kind of looking into some of this stuff and going hey this isn't right like we should change this mm. but actually so so easy to change in so many ways once somebody says of course we can change this and that's what I love about what you do that you're so um committed to that idea of of course we can do that it doesn't really matter that you know 90% of 99% of the world are saying well that's impossible it's exactly the same as when you first started I love that that you're still 
you're still exactly that same person that is isn't you're not being beaten down by the world saying are you sure well sometimes you do get a bit beaten down but I think I get buoyed up by my customers and we even just had one this morning from a dad of a daughter who absolutely loves the boots and it's the only boots that she doesn't have pain in when she's playing and um we're we're inviting her to be an ambassador and I just I'm so excited by some of these stories because it makes me realize like yeah it is having an impact and it is making a difference on people the bells the bells are ringing because it is having an impact the bells are with us and um, if people want to buy the boots, tell me where they can buy them before we move on to anything else. Yeah, so check out our website, www.idasports.com and you can get them in the UK. And uh, check us out on Instagram as well and TikTok. We're doing some stuff on there. So um, yeah, just connect. And if you want to try them, that's awesome. If you are a professional player, then get in touch as well because we love... Um, outfitting professionals because boots are quite expensive in general if you're trying to be a professional player so um, we like to do our bit to help people and help athletes on their journey as they're kind of trying to break into the big time fantastic oh I um before we finish well I know we're running out of time um and your time is precious but I would love um to know what's next for you what's next on the on the big challenges uh, list oh it's such a good one um so on the big, big challenges, I think we're really keen to do something at the Women's Euros next year. Um, something football, something world record based. So definitely connect with us with Equal Playing Field about that. But um, we we love doing it. We love bringing the community together to celebrate the best and the breadth of women's football. But on a personal level, I, I mean, I love setting myself these little challenges. So at the moment... Um, I kind of get back into swimming. I've got a few, like, I want to swim a bit further, get my swimming cha- like challenge, a bit of hiking, a bit of paddleboarding. So just for me, it's really that kind of, uh, I'm, I'm personally into the, like, micro challenges. And then I've got my, my map uh, prepared for one of these bigger challenges in the next few years. It's going to take a little while, um, but I've identified a spot for beating our record at the highest game. So um, I'm... It's going to be a few years, that one. But that's what keeps me excited and, and keeps me planning. Yes, I love it. I can't wait to hear more about it. And we will What's, what's your share. next challenge? Have you got any ideas? I don't know yet. I really don't know. Um, I need to think about it. And I think about the bits that I really enjoyed about the Yorkshire challenge, the bits that I thought were the most challenging. Yeah, I want to I wanna have a proper think. And yeah. More running? About... More running? Or are you thinking... Um, it could be, although you do tend to like, it gets longer and longer, doesn't it? I have, I did actually try paddleboarding. So I interviewed Joe Mosley for another episode of this series that is not quite out yet, but by the time this is out, it will have been out. Um, so I interviewed Joe, um, and she inspired me to try paddleboarding. So when I was um, back at home on the Isle of Man a couple of weeks ago, now that the borders are open and we can get back, I had my first paddleboarding lesson. Um, I managed to get to the last 30 seconds um, without falling in. And then the instructor said, okay, that's at 7.30. Let's all get back to the shore. And I promptly fell off. Uh, um, <laughs> but I felt like, actually, amazing. I felt like I should have fallen off sooner because I felt like I'd spent the whole time trying not to fall off. And actually it was fine. I should have definitely fallen off sooner. Should have done it on That's purpose. a metaphor, right? Right there. Definitely. You know, yeah. just d- what are you scared of? Face fail it head on sooner. And yes. Fail sooner and then get up and paddleboard around the Isle of Man. Definitely. So yeah, next time I get back over, I'll definitely. So that that's sort of a long term, long term aim to get better at that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see for another big challenge. 
Ah, Nora, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your story. It's been so lovely chatting with you. Likewise, and I'm really excited to see what you come up with next. Yeah, fab. We will definitely have more on the cards that we can do together. You have been listening to Sea Sporty B Sporty's Challenger Season, all about taking on big challenges. For more of the same, you can follow at Totally Runnable on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And you can follow and see the updates from my running challenge at hashtag Running Yorkshire. You can follow my Running Yorkshire journey on social media using hashtag Running Yorkshire. And if you'd like to sponsor me or find out more about my route, you can go to localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. That's localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. And if you're enjoying Sea Sporty, Be Sporty, we would be forever grateful if you could leave us a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For independently produced podcasts like us, it really does make a massive difference to how far a message goes. And you know that is what we are all about. Thank you to everyone who has already left us a message. It really does mean a lot.